downtown, Peco Park, a new beginning, let's go. Started back rocking the brown. Ever since we've been knocking them down. Baby said she wanna go to the game. Taught her how to say Padre gang. Started back rocking the brown. Ever since we've been knocking them down. Mitchell and Ness with the old school name. All of the homies holler Padre gang. Yeah. And good day, everybody. Welcome to episode 194 of the Talking Fires podcast and YouTube show. I'm your host, Ben Fadden. Hopefully, everyone is enjoying their off day. Today is July 6, 2022. And the Padres, they just lost that two game series, lost both games to the Mariners. They got swept there, lost three out of four to the Dodgers. Not playing amazing baseball right now. Uh, they've lost eight of their last 10, I think 12 of their last 18. I did want to focus, though, on some Padres bright spots in this episode. Three Padres who I believe will be all-stars. And since we're about halfway through the season, a little more than halfway through the season, the Padres have played 83 games. I wanted to go over where the Padres stand in the playoff picture, in the postseason picture. With the expanded playoffs, you got six teams in the postseason. Are the Padres in a comfortable spot still uh, and all that? Uh, just some updates right off the top here before we get into three all-stars who I think should be representing the Padres at Dodger Stadium later this month. Will Myers, Kevin Acey just said in his newsletter this morning that Will Myers could come off the injured list as early as next week. He is on a rehab assignment right now, and the Padres are trying to shop at least some of his remaining contract uh, for the rest of this season. He's a free agent at season's end. I wouldn't expect the Padres to bring him back right now. Uh, obviously, they could if their outfield situation isn't ideal going into spring training of next year. But it feels like this year is Will Myers' last year with the Padres. We'll see where that goes. We'll see if a team wants to take on someone who's probably being overpaid and someone who's not producing uh, at the level the Padres want. Uh, so I doubt that he'll be traded, but the Padres are shopping him. Probably how the Padres are shopping Eric Hosmer, I would think. Haven't heard a lot of reports about that, but it's something to look at and something to pay attention to. Eric Hosmer, he will have 10 and 5 rights, 10 years of service in the big leagues and five years with consecutive with one team. You get what's called 10 and 5 rights. And the big thing there, the big positive for those players like Eric Cosmer at the end of this season is they get a no-trade clause. Essentially. They can pick what team their team trades uh, them to. So if the Padres had a deal with the Red Sox or name any team after this trade deadline, so let's say next offseason, Eric Cosmer could say no because he has 10 and 5 rights. That's what Max Scherzer had at last year's deadline. He would have said yes to the Padres. I don't think that was, uh, I don't think he said no. Padres just didn't give the Nationals what they wanted, but he could have said no to the Padres. Like if he, if the Marlins somehow gave a big package for Scherzer, he could say no to that. Um, the Yankees, I heard reports that he didn't want to go to the Yankees, stuff like that. So that's why the Padres might have more urgency or might, if they have to overpay to, to get rid of Hosmer, if that makes sense. And not really, you know, give away his contract too much. They're going to be paying a lot of it. If that's what they feel like they want to do, if that means that they don't have to have Hosmer for the next three years plus the rest of this year, they can get him off the books. 
or at least not off the books because they'd still be paying him, but get him off the team. Uh, they might feel more of an urgency to do that because it might be their last chance to do that uh, because it feels like Eric Cosmer wouldn't be wanted among other nationally contenders. Like the Dodgers don't want him. The Mets, they were going to, they were going to be willing to get him and trade for him. But the Paddock medicals, I think, didn't line up. So I guess they could be in the market, but they do have Pete Alonso there who's playing pretty well. Last time I checked. And they have Dom Smith as, you know, DHing who can DH. Uh, and they have a lot of money they that they can use uh, Steve Cohen to go and get a better bat next season or at the trade deadline who's better than Aaron Cosmer, right? So that's the latest updates. Uh, Myers on the IL could come back as early as next week. Uh, Manny Machado's 30th birthday is today. Wanted to throw that out there. Happy birthday to our captain. They had a party uh, for Manny at Manny's house, I think, last night after the game, after they lost. It was a day game, so they probably headed over to Manny's house. I don't know if it's in Coronado or wherever it is. Headed over to Manny's house, partied, and Eric Cosmer posted a lot of videos on social media. Uh, I have some of the video, uh, Mackenzie Course. Mackenzie Gore singing. I have that up on this YouTube channel, Talking Friars, and on my Twitter at Talking Friars. Uh, also have Chris Matt and Manny dancing. It's in that same video, but just a little bit later. And I tried looking up Eric Cosmer, his uh, Instagram story to rewatch it, and I guess I'm blocked because I his account didn't come up. So I guess he doesn't like what I say about him, but maybe play better. All right, let's get into... The two main topics today, uh, three Padres who I think should be all-stars and where the Padres stand in the playoff race. So probably like a month ago, if you would have asked me who would have been the Padres all-stars, I would have said Manny Machado, Joe Musgrove, and Taylor Rogers, And then maybe you Darvish gets in there, maybe Mackenzie Gore. But Gore had those two bad starts against Colorado, so he's out. Chris Matt is another name that I'm a, I want to give props to as well. I want to give props to like four main guys. Darvish, Chris Matt, Rodgers, and Gore. Uh, Rodgers, like I mentioned, probably would have been an all-star if it was a month ago, but he's had a rough, rough stretch. Um, these last probably like seven outings, something like that. Uh, you know, Obviously, that Arizona outing stands out. He wasn't like terrible. He got out of that eighth inning, got the ground ball. Uh, he got he got out of it, but uh, he did hit a batter with the slider and was part of that 6 nothing collapse. He, he was. Um, I believe he was, he was on the mound, I believe, right, when Hosmer made that bad throw. Uh, that, that's one game that stands out. He just hasn't been as solid, and that slider has definitely gotten away from him at times over this last you know month. Um, so I don't think he'll make it right now, as of now, but... I think he still deserves props because of the way that he started the year. And right now, the Padres, A.J. Preller, they're still winning that trade. I mean, Chris Paddock said, is having his second Tommy John. Uh, and Emilio Pagan, from what I've seen, Twins, hand, Twins fans, I don't know what our hands are, Twins fans aren't very happy with Emilio Pagan and the way he's performed. And especially, you know, last year, Padre fans saw it firsthand, collapsing. The team was collapsing, and Emilio Pagan was at the forefront of the bullpen collapsing. 
Uh, you know, the game that stands out to me, I know he gave up three home runs in that one inning or one outing against the Dodgers in September, but the outing that stands out to me was the Cardinals where they had a chance maybe to win a game there. Uh, and that was the same series where Manny and Tatis got in that fight in the dugout and Pagan gave up the home run. I think it was to Tyler O'Neill. I forget who, who it was. I think it was Tyler O'Neill. Homer to left, uh, just gave up absolute bombs, kept giving up bombs. And then they trade him on opening day, and Taylor Rodgers comes in, and he pitches kind of like how Mark Melanson pitched to start off last season. Uh, and Melanson was an all-star. The difference between Melanson and Rodgers, Melanson, he pitched really well pretty much the entire first half of the season through the all-star break, and uh, or going up to the all-star break. And Rodgers, he's kind of hit a rough patch. So, And, you know, when you look at the National League right now, you got Helsley from St. Louis, uh, Devin Williams, Josh Hader in Milwaukee, those two, and Edwin Diaz, Kenley Jansen. Those are bigger names than Taylor Rodgers. And Taylor Rodgers, I think his ERA right now is over three. So I think he's kind of lost that opportunity to be an all-star. You know, there's always replacements and all that. But... An all-star game also, like the biggest names are the starting pitchers. They just are. And you could have a lot of starting pitchers in the National League uh, named to the all-star game over relievers and have those starting pitchers pitch the sixth inning, the seventh inning. You know, I know they like to have relievers pitch, but if you're going from the star, you know, going for that star product, there's a lot of names in the National League that are bigger names than Taylor Rogers that could pitch in that sixth or the seventh. And I don't, I don't think he deserves you know, being a closer, especially right now. Um, and so that's my thoughts on Rodgers, but still props to him how he started the year. Bill Chris Matt right now is top 25 in F war among National League relief pitchers, Luis Garcia. I know he's had a couple of rough outings, but props to him. Those two guys have been great most of the year out of the bullpen. You Darvish, top 11 in NL starting pitching uh, fan graphs war. That's what F war is so far this year. Yeah, he had a couple. He's had a couple rough outings. The bad outing, obviously, that stood out was the early outing uh, in San Francisco. But other than that, I mean, he's been really, really good. He's got a lot of quality starts under his belt. So I definitely wanted to shout out him and Mackenzie Gore's another guy that I wanted to shout to uh, shout out. Give props to him. Um, you know, yeah, he had two bad Colorado starts, but other than that, he's pitched really well. Getting back to Darvish, couple. You know, look at the game logs, couple clunkers. The Dodgers start last time out. The Dodger or the uh, Giants start early in the year where he gave up nine earned runs and an inning and two thirds. That obviously inflated his ERA. It was at zero and then it went to 10.57. And he's lowered it all the way back down from that to 3.53, even after the bad Dodgers start. Uh, you know, he had a, he's had a pretty good stretch from May 19th to, uh, you know, June 20th or June 26th where he had one start where he gave up more than three runs. Got a lot of no runs, two runs, no runs, one run, one run, three runs. So he had a good stretch there. He gave up those five run runs against St. Louis. But if you did watch that, that was that day game. He, he gave the Padres length, seven two-thirds innings of work. And uh, he just couldn't get out Goldie and Nolan. But everyone else, I mean, he was cruising to start that game. So he's been pitching well. And then Gore... He's one of the front runners for National League Rookie of the Year. I don't know who would be in front of him right now. I haven't looked at that too closely, but I, I know what I've seen from Gore. Yeah, you take out those those rocky starts were, you know, bad, 
take out those two rocky starts and this guy has like almost all-star numbers so i wanted to give props to those you know like five guys but the three guys who i think should be all-stars as of june 6 2022 at 9 35 a.m this episode is being recorded it's not live I, I usually go live but today i wasn't going live um as of nine around 9 30 in the morning here Three Padres who I think should be all-stars. I got Manny Machado, I got Joe Musgrove, and Jake Cronenworth. Manny Machado, he, as of right now, entering uh, or entering Tuesday, he led the National League in F-War. And I can check. Let me check real quick to see if that's still holding true. Because if it is, I want to give him credit. Yep. So as of right now, uh, Fangraph's pages are up or updated. Manny's played 72 games and he leads the national league, all position, or excuse me. He leads all of baseball in war 4.3 Goldie's at four, one Nolan's at four, one Devers four, one Dansby Swanson's at four. Aaron judge is three, nine Mike Trout. Manny has a higher war than him at three, seven has a higher war than Mookie Betts at three, five. Has a higher war than Freddie Freeman, 3-1. And Trey Turner, 3-1. Wilson Contreras, 2-8. Bryce Harper has dealt with some injuries, but 2-7. So he is the best offensive player in baseball. Um, best all-around player. I shouldn't say offensive. Best all-around player in baseball right now, according to War, at 4.3. Wins above replacement, F-War, Fangraph's version of War. He is the leader. That says all-star in it himself. I mean, war, some people don't want to believe in it. Some people do. I'm a fan of war because I like simplicity and wins above replacement. It's that one stat that is, I guess, the best all-around stat. If you want to look at defense, you want defense, offense, everything, you know, all in one. How many wins is this guy worth to his team over a replacement AAA player? He's worth over four more wins than, you know, Eggie Rosario or Matthew Batten would give the Padres. You know, that's, I think, I'm pretty sure that's what war means. I, I like simplicity. So if you're going off one stat, that stat and cap, that, you know, uh, offense, defense is attributed to that. He's hitting 316 this year, 389 on base percentage, a 526 slugging. A 915 OPS. Usually an OPS is good when it's around 700. Uh, he's at 915. So very, very good. He's as valuable as they come. He's playing through injury right now, obviously. He's not 100%, but he's someone that doesn't make excuses. He wants to be out there. Took him less than two weeks to get back on the field after being helped off with that injury with the ankle where he sprained it. And we thought maybe he'd be out for the season. This guy is a total warrior and absolutely love that about him. Happy 30th birthday again to our captain, Manny Machado. He's definitely going to the All-Star game. He's definitely one of my three Padres who should be in the All-Star game. Right now, this is his first you know, slump that he's been in so far this season uh, that I can remember, like where he's just striking out a lot. It doesn't seem like he's himself at the plate, but hey, we're halfway through the year and he's just getting to a slump. You know, That just shows how great he's been. And when the Padres have been without Fernando, you know, going into the year, we were like, oh, well, Manny needs to play like an MVP this right now. Uh, as for the time that Manny, or excuse me, the time that Fernando's out, Manny needs to play like an MVP. Because if he doesn't, this offense, don't know if we can believe in him. 
and he played like an MVP. He's been playing like an MVP pretty much the entire season, and you just got to give props to him because if Manny has not did not perform like this the first half of the season, I really wonder where this team would be in the standings. Uh, because you know, after the first month where it was the Manny and Hosmer show, okay, you take out Manny's production and maybe it's just the Hosmer show. What do you got there? Crony was struggling offensively. Profar was hitting good, but he's not going to blow you away with any power, right? So, you know, the offense is struggling right now with Manny slumping. Imagine if Manny wasn't performing like an MVP those first, you know, three months or whatever it was in the season. Um, so huge, huge out of him. Uh, my second all-star. And by the way, I did want to mention this because, you know, the Manny-Nolan debate, right now the final phase of the all-star starter balloting is on right now. So you can go to MLB.com to vote for Manny if you want him to be the starting third baseman in the all-star game at Dodger Stadium. I would think it would be absolutely hilarious to see Dodger fans booing him as he comes up to the plate. That's just my point of view. But uh, he comparing him and Nolan, he has a higher average, higher on base percentage, and a higher war than Nolan does right now. So put that starting third baseman vote in there, uh, Chato over Nolan Arenado. That's my first Padre, who I think should be an all-star this year. He's, he's a slam dunk all-star. Now to the other two. Number two is none other than Mr. Joe Musgrove, the guy that needs to be extended. Extend Joe Musgrove, Mr. Seidler. Please, please, please do it. You'll be happy that you did it. San Diego, the entire city of San Diego will be happy that you did it. And Musgrove's teammates will be happy that you did it. Uh, right now, Musgrove entering Tuesday night, top six in National League starting pitching F war. A lot of these numbers, I'm looking at fan graphs just because that was the site that was, uh, that's the best site in terms of like rankings or the easiest to look at. He has a 2-2-5 ERA right now. He's starting tomorrow's game. Uh, less than 10 home runs allowed so far this year. He is the third best starting pitcher if you're looking at uh, ERA among starting pitchers in the National League. Behind, I think, Gonsolin and um, I forget the other name, but Gonsolin's, I think, one, number one. He has uh, six innings. Hang on. Let me see this stat. I think I wrote it down wrong. He's pit. No, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. He's had at least six innings in every start this year. So he's giving the Padres length, six or more innings in every start. Uh, he started the season with 12 consecutive starts where he pitched at least six innings and gave up two runs or less, two earned runs or less. I mean, that says all-star written all over it right there. Keeping your team in the game, a team that is without their best offensive player, that's just huge. Without their right fielder for a majority of it, that's huge. Uh, he's the best starting pitcher right now in a rotation, in a Padres rotation that I think is the best starting rotation in the National League. I know the Yankees can give the Padres a run for their money in the American League, and it doesn't seem like the Yankees know how to lose a game or lose multiple games in a row. The Padres know how to do that. They've been doing that for the last couple weeks. But best starting pitching in the National League, I think, uh, just the eye test, Joe Musgrove's the best starter in this rotation. So that has written that has all-star written all over it. This year, I'm not counting Philly. We'll get to them, but they're not in a playoff spot right now, I don't believe. Let me double-check that. Oh, no, no, they are. Okay, they're in the final wild-card spot. If you count Philly... 
and he's given up 11 earned runs against contenders this year, but I'm counting four teams that made the playoffs last year. Philly did not. He's allowed five runs combined against them this year. The Dodgers, the Braves, the Brewers, and the Giants. Those four contenders, those four teams that made the postseason last year, five earned runs combined against them. Some guys give up five earned runs in one start against any of those teams. He's had one clunker this year. One. And then that Dodgers start last Thursday, he kept the Padres in that game. You know, you got a World Series contender, the best team in the National League that you're facing at Dodger Stadium. Your first start, I believe, it was, it was his first start against the Dodgers all season long. And he went out there and he shoved for pretty much the entire outing except maybe three batters. And two of those at-bats were to the same guy, Justin Turner. Uh, and he walked one guy. That one guy ended up costing him. Uh, but the Padres offense, you know, didn't really show up. I think that score was like 3-1 to one or something. Uh, but Musgrove pitched great in that game. He deserves to be an all-star. You know, the majority of this year, I was heading that cam campaign, I thought. You know, start Joe Musgrove in the all-star game. I was talking to Jake Peavy about it at the draft combine. That video's up on the YouTube channel where he was also heading it. Hey, let's get Joe Musgrove as the starter in the National League all-star game. Let's get him there. Gonsolin has been more consistent. He hasn't had that one rough, you know, six earned run allowed outing. Um, so he's probably the one that's going to be starting that all-star game at his home ballpark. I, I can't really argue against that because Musgrove did have this one clunker. If Gonsolin has a clunker or, uh, you know, he can't pitch or whatever, then we can maybe have a conversation with him and I'm blanking. Is it Logan Webb? I want to check because I want to be accurate. Who is the second of three? It's Gonsolin, Musgrove, and one other guy in ERA. I'm going to check that real quick here. According to fan graphs, is it Go no, Gosman's in the AL? Is it Car it might be Carlos Rodon. Let me check here. National League. ERA. Bear with me here. All right, here it is. Alcantara, Sandy Alcantara. So it's against Sandy Alcantara, who has more innings, but Musgrove had to deal with that COVID thing, and he came back and then pitched. Uh, you had that one clunker, but he's had to deal with COVID. Uh, Alcantara has a better war. But do you want Sandy Alcantara starting the All-Star game, a guy who's pitching for a Miami Marlins team that's not a contender and a team that has no one show up to the ballpark? Would you rather have Joe Musgrove pitching uh, where the casual fans know his name more than Sandy Alcantara and it adds more to that Padre-Dodger rivalry, you know? Um, you know, pitching on the West Coast, I just feel like he's a bigger name than Sandy Alcantara. Nothing, Alcantara's been great. He has more starts, so he might be able to beat him there. Um, but would you rather have Musgrove a guy who's pitching for a contender pitching starting the game or Alcantara who's pitching for the Marlins, you know? Maybe that's what Brian Snitker asked because Snitker's the one that makes the decision. Again, Musgrove, you know, the All-Star game takes place on, I think, July 19th. That's a Tuesday. Um, Musgrove could pitch on that Sunday before they head off to Dodger Stadium, so he, won't, he wouldn't even be eligible to pitch. Uh, or the Padres might choose to not have him pitch. I, I, don't, I haven't lined up the days. He pitches, you know, once a week pretty much now on a six-day rotation, six-guy uh, rotation. 
So he might not be available. But if he is, yeah, I think he has a good argument if Gonsolin doesn't start to start the All-Star game. And if he doesn't start, he should be pitching the second or the third or the fourth inning. So that's Joe Musgrove. He is my second guy that should be a Padre All-Star. My third guy, like I mentioned earlier, I would have went Taylor Rogers probably like a month ago, a few weeks ago. Right now, and I wouldn't have gone with this guy a few weeks ago. Uh, but right now, June or July 6, 9.47 a.m., 2022, I'm going with Jake Cronenworth. Yeah, Crony, that's right. He is definitely one of my favorite players on the Padres. It's Musgrove. It's probably Crony and Myers. Uh, I know some people don't like Myers, but I, you know, I do, I guess, kind of have a soft spot for him because he's been through everything that we've been through in these last six years, seven years. You know, uh, he was through the, the rebuild. Um, yeah, he's not the greatest player, uh, but I'd like to see him win a World Series with the Padres in this last year uh, that he's on the team, assuming he doesn't get traded. Uh, but Jake Cronenworth, getting to him, I think he deserves to be an all-star. Just looking at the National League all-star roster last year, you had Adam Frazier starting, and you had two other second basemen. I think Max Muncy was the other, and Max Muncy is not doing great this year. He's not going to be an all-star. Um, if there's going to be three second basemen this year, like there was last year, Jake Cronenworth should be that third second baseman. Um, Jeff McNe Tommy Edmond seems like, I don't know, is it Jazz Chisholm? who's leading the all-star voting right now. I have no idea. Let me check. Who's leading the National League second baseman all-star voting. What are the options here? Second base. Ozzie Albies and Jazz Chisholm. Okay. So that's not... The top three guys in war right now, according to fan graphs, I believe are Tommy Edmond, Jeff McNeil, and Jake Cronenworth. The two finalists, because it's a popularity contest, are Jazz Chisholm, who's like the Tatis of second baseman, and Ozzie Albies. And the Braves have a huge fan base. Ozzie Albies is the big name among second basemen. So those are the two finalists. I don't think they deserve to be starting, just looking at numbers. But uh, So one of them is going to get picked. The other might get picked as well, and which is going to be unfortunate. So now looking at that, I don't think that Jake will make it. But I think he should make it if you're just strictly looking at the numbers. Uh, Jeb McNeil is second in war, I believe. Yeah, he has a higher war than Jake. This is as of Tuesday night, uh, yesterday. Um, but it's by 0.1 wins above replacement. Crony's played in more games than McNeil, about 10 more, has more home runs, has more runs scored, more runs driven in, and doesn't have a negative defensive war. Jake is one of the best def defensive infielders, I think in the National League. Uh, he could play first, could play short, could play second. Great versatility. And he's played all but like two games this year. And one of those days was probably a mistake on Bob Melvin's part because it was Crony's bobblehead day and he, they decided not to play him. Um, yeah, the average isn't really there. He's hitting 240, but neither is the average there for Ozzie Albies. He's hitting 244. Um, how many... Ozzy Albies has eight home runs right now. Let me take a look at Jake's stats real quick again. Jake has seven home runs, so about the same. Higher war. Uh, Albies has a 6.94 OPS. Chronoworth's OPS is 7.20, so he has a better OPS, 
League average OPS plus is 100. Jake's is 110. He went on that absolute torrid stretch during that Cubs series that like week. Should have won NL Player of the Week, I think, but Goldie won it. Uh, Goldie's been really good this year too. He's probably like the front runner maybe in NL MVP this year. I know you could say Manny, um, but people are biased against Manny. So I guess I was just coming with the Goldie take, coming at that from you know the national perspective. But with Jake Cronworth, I mean, the versatility, playing every day. Uh, like I mentioned, the three-second baseman on the NL side last year. If you're looking at the stats uh, and the simple stats, you know, I, I feel like Jake Cronenworth would be that third-second baseman. But when you figure that the all-star starters, the voting, it's a popularity contest, and you got some guys that aren't a top-three-second baseman right now in the National League in that finalist, Chisholm and Albies, one of them's getting picked. The other might get picked because of popularity. Uh, and if Chaz, if Chisholm wins the second baseman pick, Snitker is Albies' is manager. So he might pick Albies over a guy like Cronoworth or Jeff McNeil. Or, you know, I think Tommy Edmond would get picked because he's been an all-star. But um, yeah, so it's not looking my first gut reaction now uh, after looking at the finalists is that Jake won't make it, but I think he should make it. I think he deserves to make it when looking at the numbers. So my three guys, Manny Machado, Joe Musgrove, Jake Cronenworth. Manny leads the National League and all of baseball in F war as of right now. Joe Musgrove, top six NL starting pitcher in F war, top three in ERA, 225 ERA, and Jake Cronenworth, top three NL second baseman in F war as of last night. Um, and he has a higher OPS than Ozzie Albies, who's one of the finalists um, in the National League. All right, so we went through that. Again, props to Darvish and Gore and Chris Matt and Rogers. Uh, wanted to give them some respect, uh, some applause. Because they've been keys to some parts of the Padres season. Some have been better more consistently than others and some were dominant you know at the start of the year kind of like rogers you know hopefully rogers can get that slider back more consistently all right now the second part of this episode is the playoff race wanted to get to that and where the padres stand because i know a lot of padre fans feel like you know this it's a collapse that's happening i don't think it's a collapse it's a it's a rough stretch it's totally different than last year this is what I said on episode 193 uh, when I was reacting to this Mariners Padres series that just happened yesterday. It's a rough stretch. Two and eight in the last 10 games, 12 of their last 18 they've lost. It's not pretty. But they don't have Fernando. They have a better starting rotation than last year. They have a better manager and coaching staff as a whole compared to last year. I like where they're standing right now. I think it's a different team, a team that it's going to be really really hard to collapse because of the talent that they have. It's a rough stretch. All of the great teams still go through rough stretches. The Dodgers this year got swept by the Pirates at one point and weren't playing great baseball, you know? Things happen. I think they can get it turned around. With this said, now, let's look at the divisions, the standings. The Dodgers right now, they're 51-29. and 29. They would be the one seed. Remember, it's expanded playoffs. Six teams in each league. Six in the AL, six in the NL, 12 in total. The top two teams get a bye. 
going right to the National League Division Series, I think. And then the the uh, worst division winner will play the last wild card team to get in, and then the two middle wild or the first two wild card teams would play each other. The best wild card team would host that three game series against the second wild card team. So as of right now, the Dodgers and the Mets would get buys going to the division series. I believe is how it would work. Milwaukee would play Philly in Milwaukee. And then Atlanta would host the Padres in Atlanta for three games. And I would like the Padres' chances to win these three or two of those three games because you got to win two of the three. Um, obviously, getting Tatis back, that'll be huge. Um, and those games in Atlanta were close, and the bullpen collapsed in one of those games. I don't think that would happen again. I mean, Stephen Wilson was a big part of that collapse, and Bob Melvin wasn't even managing that game. Bob Melvin would be managing in the playoffs. I like their chance against Atlanta if this is how it would shake out there. And top three starters right now for the Padres that they throw out there, Musgrove, Darvish, and probably Gore. That would be my guy I'd throw out there. And then you'd have you know Nick Martinez and Clev all available. Maybe you start Clev and have Gore come out of the pen. I don't know. I'd probably start Gore, though, just give him a lefty, different look. I'd be confident in that against any team. Now, the offense, that's a different story. But the, that's still a long ways away, the trade deadline, all that stuff. Um, getting to the wild card, Atlanta right now, they're 48-34. and 34. They're four and a half games up on a wild card spot, game and a half up on the Padres for the first wild card. Padres, they are only three games over 500 at home. With that said... There's still three games clear of Philly for a wild card spot. Or three games clear of St. Louis. Philly and St. Louis are tied right now, it looks like, for that third wild card spot. And then San Francisco's two games back of St. Louis. So right now the three wild card teams are Atlanta, San Diego, Philly. And then the two below the line, St. Louis and San Francisco. And then Miami's three games back, Arizona six, Colorado eight, and then everyone else. Pittsburgh. Cubs, Reds, Nats, 14 games back, 15 games back. Holy cow. Nationals have a negative 129 run differential. Um, so for me, I don't think Miami's going to stand in there. I just don't think they have enough. For me, it's a six-team race for those, or excuse me, an eight-team race for those six spots. I think the Dodgers, the Mets, and the Brewers will make it. Don't know if the Brewers will hold on for their division. That is kind of close to St. Louis. 44 wins for St. Louis, 47 with the Milwaukee. Same question I have about the Mets. I know they're getting DeGrom and Scherzer back, but I think Atlanta will get healthier in a little bit. They, Atlanta has 48 wins. The Mets have 50. Uh, the Dodgers, it feels like, unless, I mean, the Padres can still get on their level. I mentioned that a couple episodes ago talking about that Dodger-Padres series. Padres can still get on the Dodger level, but right now I, I think the Dodgers would win the division and the Padres would be a wild card. So let's say, you know, it's going to be the same eight teams. So I, I don't care who you think win the division. It's Dodgers, Mets, Milwaukee right now. Even if that stays the same, if it doesn't, it's just, okay, then uh, St. Louis wins the division. Milwaukee's fighting for a wild card, whatever. But the eight teams right now are the Dodgers, the Mets, the Brewers, the Braves, the Padres, the Phillies, the Cardinals, and the Giants. 
are the Padres going to be one of those six teams to make the playoffs? The question that they got to ask themselves, at least right now, are they better than two of the three following teams, Philadelphia, St. Louis, and San Francisco? If they're better than two of those three teams, they get at least the final wildcard spot. And I think they're better than San Francisco. I think they will be better than San Francisco and finish the year better than San Francisco. Uh, San Francisco's dealing with injuries. I just don't think they can sustain having Brandon Crawford have like this MVP type year. Don't think he can do that again the entire year. And, you know, the, we get to see firsthand this weekend the Giants coming to town. And I think Anthony DiScafani's out. Logan Webb, yeah, I think he's been pitching well. Uh, Carlos Rodon's been pitching pretty well. Uh, you know, they're like 10 and a half games back in the division. Let me look at their war. So, Carlos, a pitcher has their highest war right now. You know, like, they don't have anyone in the MVP conversation where they had that last year, right? Um, you know, Rodon's at a 2-8 war, Webb's 2-5. So they got two good starters, but after that, Jacob Junis is 1-9, their third best war. Yastrzemski's at 1-4. He's their best position player war. And then it's Kurt Casale as their second best position player war, according to baseball reference. You know, Jock, they're relying on Jock Peterson a lot in the middle of that lineup. Like, I don't think Jock Peterson's going to be a reliable guy the rest of the way through. I count out the Giants. St. Louis, are the Padres better than them? Now, look. Yeah, did St. Louis kind of give it to the Padres? Yeah, they did. Um, but I think the Padres, they have better starting pitching. St. Louis probably has the better lineup right now. Nolan, Goldie, Tommy Edmond, they got a lot of all-star candidates. Nolan Gorman's playing well this year for them. Um, that one's closer. I'll give St. Louis the edge, and I don't want to. I still believe the Padres can be a better team than St. Louis is, and they have a better record right now. Um, St. Louis is playing a little bit better than the Padres are as of late. They have a better home record. They do have a losing away record. Um, and it just seems like the Potters and Cardinals always match up in these like postseason type games. 2020 wild card series they played. I'll give St. Louis the edge just for the sake of argument. So it comes down to San Diego and Philadelphia. You know, I think the Potters, like I mentioned, the Potters I think will be better than San Francisco. So San Diego and Philadelphia down to that final wild card spot. Like right now. We'll have this conversation a couple months later when Fernando's back, and hopefully it changes and we definitely say slam dunk Padres are in. I think the Padres still make the playoffs because Fernando's coming back and a lot of guys, bullpen guys, they're going to get healthy. But for right now, how the team's playing right now, Philly and San Diego, who's the better team? I would still pick the Padres, so that would mean the Padres would get the final wild card spot and they'd have to go play Milwaukee in Milwaukee as things stand. If the Padres were the sixth wild card spot and all of the division leaders were still winning their divisions and records were the records that they are right now, Dodgers and Mets would be the buys. I think I'd take the Padres over the Phillies. I mean, Bryce Harper, he has not put a timeline. He spoke to reporters, I think, yesterday. He has not put a timeline on when he's going to return from that wrist, thumb injury, whatever it was, uh, when he got hit by Blake Snell this year in a very unfortunate um, event that happened that took place there. 
Snell obviously didn't mean it. I've already went over that. There's no need to go over that again. Being without Bryce Harper, sure. Have the Phillies carried the water, if you will. Yeah, they have. Uh, but they also are playing in a worse division. Well, I guess that kind of helps their point. Um, the Padres, you know, they've had to play the Dodgers last weekend. The Mariners, they're still a pretty good team. And the Padres are scuffling right now. The Cardinals, they've lost, I think, three in a row. No, two in a row. But they get to play, you know, looking at their schedule coming up, it's not it's not that easy. Phillies, just looking at some teams, some contenders, Blue Jays, Marlins are in that wild card hunt for right now, and that's all that matters. Um, Braves out of the All-Star break after the Cubs. Braves again. Marlins again. Then they play the Mets. Play the Mets a lot. Yeah, Obviously, they got those series with the Pirates and all that, but the Padres have those type series as well. And then the Giants. Uh, let's look at their September, because I think that's huge. And we can compare the Phillies September and the Padres September. Let me pull up the Padres September real quick. All right. So here's the Phillies September. They got the Giants, the Marlins, the Nationals, the Braves, Blue Jays, Braves again, Cubs, Nationals, and they finish out with the Astros. So they got a few contenders in there. You know, with the Astros and the Braves a lot, the Blue Jays. Who knows where the Marlins are going to be? The Giants, they're always tough, regardless of where they are in the standings. Uh, and then the Padres September, they got the Dodgers, the Diamondbacks, the Dodgers again, the Mariners for two in, in Seattle, the Diamondbacks, Cardinals, Rockies, Dodgers, White Sox, Giants. So, oh, wow. So that's kind of, maybe the Padres have a tough, yeah, I think the Padres would probably have a tougher September. So what that, I mean, I still believe in the team. And hopefully, you know, with everyone healthy, that schedule doesn't look as bad as it does right now. The White Sox don't look as bad as a team that you'd have to face pretty much to end the season before those two, uh, three games against the Giants back at home at the beginning of October. White Sox are really struggling right now. The Rockies, hopefully they sell off everyone and they're not the same team that they were when they... Uh, swept the Padres earlier this season. The Diamondbacks are hopefully they've sold off you know some pieces, and the Padres can win games at Chase Field. The Mariners hopefully they'll be out of a playoff spot or out of the playoff picture. The Diamondbacks already talked about. They got a lot of game against the Dodgers, uh, which is unfortunate. Some games against the Giants. So what that tells me is this stretch that they have. In August, where they play the Nationals, the Guardians, the Royals, the Marlins. I mean, that stretch is huge. Let's see what that... From August 12th to the 28th. 
So 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. That 15 game stretch in August is going to be huge, playing all teams that don't figure to be contenders in the National League. Go big on that. Go 10 and 5 on that stretch. You know, take advantage of that. And then end of July here, after that Met series, you got some games with the Tigers and the Twins. Twins are pretty good this year. Uh, but take advantage of the, that Tigers series. Maybe Tatis will be back. Maybe he won't. I think him coming back for that Twins series is what I would think is that's when I would think he'd come back. So take advantage of those games. Take advantage. Finally be able to beat those Rockies. And I think they're in a good spot. I, I think having Tatis come back and the Phillies not knowing when Bryce Harper's going to return, I think that's huge. I think the Padres will have, with the reinforcements coming back from the bullpen, I like where they stand uh, better than the Phillies bullpen. So I'll give the Padres the edge over the Phillies, and I think that's the question we're asking right now. The Dodgers, the Mets, the Brewers, the Braves, and even if we're going to say St. Louis is in, so between St. Louis or excuse me, between San Diego and Philly, who's in? I think San Diego could get the edge there. So that's the way that the playoff picture looks right now. Again, that could change in two weeks. What I'm saying right now doesn't really matter a ton uh, because we are. It's July sixth. Padres are scuffling. Maybe they get a hot stretch starting tomorrow against the Giants. You certainly hope so. But uh, that's where the playoffs, the picture in the National League starts right now. Or that's where it is right now. Not where it starts. That's where it is right now. Uh, in the American League, the Yankees are 58-23, and 23, a plus 159 run differential. They're blowing out everyone. Houston is the second best team in the American League at 53 and 27. Their run differential is plus 93. The Twins are plus 53. They're, there's a huge drop off between the Yankees and Astros and then everyone else. Minnesota's 47 and 37, plus 53 run differential. And then the wild card teams, the Red Sox, Tampa, Toronto, those things are they're that playoff picture, they got a lot more teams involved. They've got six teams involved, it looks like. If you include the White Sox, who are four and a half back of the of the third wild card, they got six teams involved there in that wild card hunt. And then obviously the Yankees are in pretty much already. Houston and then Minnesota. Um, but yeah, Boston's forty five and thirty six. They are the first wild card. Tampa's forty four and thirty seven, and Toronto's forty four and thirty eight. Cleveland is two and a half back of Toronto. For the third and final wild card spot in the American League, they are 40 and 39. Seattle's 41 and 42, three and a half back at Toronto, and the White Sox four and a half back at 38 and 41. So they got some teams with losing records who are still in that playoff hunt. Where the National League, you know, the Miami has losing record, 39 and 40, but the real teams they do all have winning records. So that's where we're at. The Angels are disappointing this year. White Sox have disappointed so far this year. White Sox losing record, like I just said. Angels 37 and 45, seven games back of a wild card. That much talent. You know, they signed Noah Syndergaard. Uh, Otani's, you know, having another amazing season. And that's what they got to show for it. Pretty much nothing. Baltimore, I think, is surprising people. 38 and 44, six games back of a wild card spot. They got a negative 24 run differential, but. Uh, they have a winning home record, and their um, away record isn't that great. But they're surprising. They're they're better than the Angels. Don't think a lot of people predicted that this year. 
Detroit, I think some people thought that was going to be a sneaky pick, but Javi Baez has sucked this year. Really has sucked. Um, so that's kind of how the playoff picture looks right now in the American League and the National League. I, I think the Padres are a playoff team. Why I was uncertain in judging them against the Phillies right now uh, is just because of the way the team's playing right now and just judging them kind of without Fernando. But I think when Fernando comes back, they get the bullpen reinforcements, the offense performs better. You add in that Preller is probably guaranteed to make a move uh, and improve this offense in some way. Don't know how big the move is, but you think he'd make a move and improve this offense, like I've said, in some way, some aspect. I think the Padres will be better than the Phillies, and they are going to get into the playoffs. If they don't get into the playoffs, uh, I'm not even trying to think about that right now, but if they don't get into the postseason, A.J. Preller is gone. You can't miss the postseason two years in a row and collapse two years in a row when you got the best player in baseball right now, according to F4 and Manny Machado on your team. You made all these moves, improved the rotation, you got Joe Musgrove pitching amazingly well. Darvish Gore is a Rookie of the Year candidate. Manaya Clev is healthy. Nick Martinez is pitching well. Uh, you know, you acquire Taylor Rogers. You make all these moves. Luke Voigt, Jorge Alfaro. You bring in Bob Melvin, and you don't make the postseason. That would be totally embarrassing. And Preller, there's no way that he could defend that. Um, with that said, I think they make the postseason. So. That'll do it. This is episode 191 of the Talking Friars podcast and YouTube show. My three Padres who I think should be all-stars, uh, just based on numbers, Crony, Manny, and Musgrove, uh, and gave you a little bit of a standings update. This episode brought to you by Gaglion Bros Famous Cheesesteaks and Garlic Fries, located inside Petco Park during the Padres season. Uh, they're also located in Mission Gorge and Point Loma. You can visit gaglionbros.com. To view their entire menu, their phone numbers, the addresses to go to the locations, all that good stuff. Feel free on this off day, this great off day. Enjoy the off day uh, and go get yourself some garlic fries and some cheesesteaks. Or if you're at Petco tomorrow night or Friday like I am or Sunday or on Saturday, I'm not going Saturday. But if you're there, feel free. Down the third baseline is their main stand. All right. They're the sponsor. This is the episode. I'm Ben Fadden, your host. See everybody. Go Padres. And I'll see you.